Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, midweek Wednesday, we're going to take a little bit of a break from the sporting functions. Today we'll bring up some of the sports news, but lots of topics off the sports page. It's kind of a new midweek Wednesday tradition here. We like to call it Seek and Ye Shall Find. We've done a little bit of seeking, we've done a little bit of finding, and we'll uh, play that particular game today. The Big Dog and the Coach Answer Service, Talk at Sports and More, TalkZone.com. Other side of the glass, David Olson, producer extraordinaire, and the best football predictor uh, in the northern Chicago area, possibly the entire Midwest. Let's listen to a little bit of music, and we start our Wednesday version of the TalkZone.com. Uh, the inspirational, if not motivational, if not yoga-like music that the two guys in a music, uh, two guys in a mic talk show presents to you, Big Dog. How are you? Got a bunch of stories to bring up to you. We got some late breaking news. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but Joe Paterno has announced his resignation effective at the end of the year. So we got that to talk about. Big Dog, hopefully, uh, you have not announced your resignation anytime soon. No, I have not announced that. And, Thank and goodness. Yeah, Coach, you know, I was extremely excited about, uh, uh, this seek, seek and ye shall find yes. segment. And normally I'm on, you know, I'm on all the internet. I'm, print stuff out, writing it down, taking notes, you know, handing it to the secretary, you know, he reprints <laughs> something for me. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I'm pretty busy. I have to admit, I've been just sitting here watching Sports Center since about 8 o'clock this morning about this whole Joe Paterno Penn State thing. Right. I, I have. Uh, so, yes, I do know yeah, that he's stepped okay. down and all that. And his, uh, I got to say, he was, he came out with a statement this morning, and I was reading, and I'm like, wow, that's, it, that's a real powerful statement. And at the end, he was like, and the board of trustees shouldn't spend one minute trying to decide my future. Uh, Joe Paterno, you might need to pipe down a little bit at this point. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I mean, do you know he's tied for the most college football games ever coached all time? Coached. I know for wins, he is number one in Division One. Yeah, he's number one all time in wins. There's still a guy in Division Three still coaching right now that is uh, like 50 or 60 games ahead of him, but he's the Division One all time leader. And uh, for the most games coached all time, he's tied with Amos Alonzo Stagg at 548. Okay. Is he just trying to get one more game in, Coach? It's possible. He, he, this is such a touchy subject, Coach, and we really don't know what he knew and all that other stuff, but he admitted in the statement, he said, hindsight looking back, I should have done more. So he admitted it. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you're much more up on it because uh, uh, I was basically informed by – Producer extraordinaire David Olson driving to the show today. I was listening to some easy listening music, trying to clear my mind. Got some issues going that I needed a little musical therapy on. Uh, won't get into that, but the bottom line is you're more up uh, on it than myself. Any of our fans out there, you want to check in on the Joe Paterno Penn State situation. Jerry Sandusky and company. Sad story, but it needs to be talked about. 888-463-6748, the phone number. 888 Four, eight. Am I getting an implication from your words, Big Dog, that Joe Paterno is going to resign at the end of the year? He doesn't want the board of trustees telling him he has to resign right now? Yeah, exactly. That's, okay. that's 
the line that I, I when I was reading, I was like really touched. I'm not kidding you. I'm like, this is a man who truly regrets everything that happened. You know what I mean? And is kind of admitting culpability and the fact that, you know, and he said like a, a line in there like, for the rest of my life, I will uh, I will do nothing but try to help Penn State University. And then he's like, and the board of trustees better not spend a minute determining whether or not I should go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, actually, Interesting. They have a lot of decisions to make, Joe Powell, right now. So, uh, well, I, you know, board the board of trustees might not even be without blame in this situation. I've heard of, you know people even calling for the resignation of the president of the university, who could have been aware of it also and didn't act on it. So, um, who knows? Maybe the board of trustees themselves could be. Instead of deciding Joe Paterno's fate, their fate could be, I don't know, who fires the board of trustees? Well, it's an interesting uh, that's, question. That's a, that's a real good point because there's Tom Ridge, former governor of Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, our uh, former uh, national security director. First Homeland Security. Yes. Well, he was the guy who invented, like, the purple, the orange, the yellow, all the different colors. They're bringing him in to clean up the mess. Interesting. And, yeah, I don't, know what, I don't know what level color mess this is, but in terms of, Athletics. This is the worst story. I, I said it on Monday. I, I, honestly, Coach, I truly feel deep down this is the worst sport story I ever can remember in the history of, of sports. When you consider, first of all, before we lose track of, of what really the story is, how many boys were affected by this this Jerry Sandusky piece of crap? Okay, is is ridiculous. Okay, and then when you start thinking about that's the most important. That's ninety nine percent of it. Okay, Coach, but. When you think about what happens with, with Joe Paterno here, either or, this man was a total hypocrite his whole entire life. Says he, you know, you got to do the right thing. And, and my coach, Pete Ventrilli, based a lot of the teachings that he had based on the Joe Paterno stuff. So it's funny when they're showing all these clips to this morning of Joe Paterno speaking out, uh, you know, in, just in practice, just like the stuff he would yell at his players. I was like, wow, that sounded, that my high school football coach would say exactly that line. You know what I mean? So this guy who like tried to create this image of you always have to do the right thing, and that's my my football, high school football coach had this thing, you know, character, attitude, leadership, discipline, the right stuff, all based on Joe Paterno stuff. So he's going out preaching all this stuff, and then he finds out that, oh, one of his assistant, former assistant coaches was doing this in his shower of his own football facility. He was just like, oh, we'll just get him out of here, make sure he doesn't do it here anymore. Are you kidding me? Or, or yes. is it the fact that he didn't know what happened? Like, it was like, hey, you know, they, Sandusky was in there lathering up a little boy. Really? Get him out of here. I don't want that happening. It, 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 you know, yeah. it's either or. And I can understand if it was the second one. Cause, and really, I mean, think about it. If somebody said that about one of your uh, coaches, you know what I'm saying, Coach? One of your assistant coaches. And it was, if you, I don't know how you would react to it because you've actually coached kids. And I'm sure in the back of your mind, you've always had that concern. Like, hey, I want to make sure adults are always around, make sure everything's on the up and up. So, you know. I think the key, you know, one of the things Pete Ventrilli probably told you about character, too, is true character is shown when nobody else around is watching. That's exactly right. right. Okay. Coach, yes. so, I, I know he's even said that phrase to me yes. before. I, I remember it, it's very, very that. true. Some people, you know, great character in front of people. What do you do when nobody's watching? But let's take that a couple steps further. And I've mentioned this in a few other instances. I try to bring it. And first of all, let me preface it by saying, the story is still fairly new. We, you, me, the rest of the people on the talk shows were, were a bunch of, uh, you know, hackers. We're talking off the cuff. We don't have all the information. So 
you know, we're just emotional subject, coach. I know, you know but it's still we yeah. don't we don't know the whole story. So everything we say can and probably will be used against us. And again, we're just a bunch of couple of Yahoo Sports Talk guys. But understand. Thank you, but we'll 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 still talk about it in the uh, at least some some form of context. Now, the incident happened, and okay, you know how you react to it at the moment of. But you know now I go back to the quiet moments. And I mentioned this before in a couple other instances with politicians or, uh, you know, the Bernie Madoffs of the world. Or who was it recently who, um, it was some affair. And, like, I'm thinking, you know, when they are, you know, like a John Edwards or something. Do they really think in their quiet times when they're sitting or, you know, right before going to bed when, you know, the thoughts are going through your head before you fall asleep, when you wake up in the morning, when you're in a kind of a quiet, sane, conscious thought process you know, does, does a John Edwards just throwing this out as an example as a politician really think that he's going to go again? And there's a more recent politician who has name I can't even remember, but I'm getting off the point. So uh, the Joe Paterno, the president of the university, Mike McCreary, the guy who saw it two days later, three days later, five days later, two weeks, three weeks, big deal. When they're sitting around thinking about it, you have to be thinking about it because it's a shocking allegation, even if you didn't see it. Uh, yeah, do, yeah. They, do they really consciously in their settled down thought? Say that, you know, I don't want to get Sandusky in trouble. I'm just going to kind of ignore it. And, you know, he can't use or he's not coaching with us anymore. Hopefully it's not happened. Do they really think that? Or don't you at your calm, thought-provoking moment say, hey, I got to pursue and see, you know, what the hell is going on? I got to make sure this is not happening to any more kids. Let's find out and talk. I mean, don't you? And if you don't, then something's wrong with you. I guess that's my point. Yeah, you know, you're 100% right. You know, I can't, you're right, when you, that has to affect you a little bit, and you have to think about it. Well, you, you don't know any children in your life? You know, I mean, you can't think, of, you know, that they could be preyed upon? It's, it's, so, things are really, this is the worst story in the history of college football, college sports ever, and, yeah. you know, we've had, like, we, I know we've had, like, plane crashes and stuff like that, and, and like, a whole entire, two, two football teams have died in plane crashes. There was a Colorado plane crash with the basketball team. Evansville basketball. I mean, besides besides like plane crash and the whole entire teams, like this scandal is the worst scandal ever. You know, we're talking about tattoos for sale a couple months ago, and that's all the Sports Center was. You had 15 minutes every single day on the Ohio State scandal. It's a little different. You know, this is completely different. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about a man that was. Coach, I have books. I have a book somewhere in this house of Joe Paterno quotes. Do you know what I mean? That that will used to be what you know toilet room material. But I would like read that and be like, wow, that's so powerful. I can't even think about the fact that somebody who would live that way and try to portray himself as the utmost of character and doing the right thing all the mm-hmm. time. And you know what? It, it isn't about football. It's about family, and it's about. Uh, it isn't about winning and losing. It's about preparing and doing it the right way, and the, the outcome will be the right. No, well, okay, so that's been your whole life the whole time, and you turn your head to a boy getting raped in your shower. If in fact he did, then I think your 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 anger is absolutely. But that's a big if. He's still even ten years ago, Joe Paul was not a young guy. So you know, there's the age factor. What did he know? He might have. They might have uh, hit it from him a little bit, and just you know, well, he knew there was a. Shower incident, but obviously not to the extent that it appears to have been. So there, there's some gray area for, not for Jerry Sandusky, but there's some gray area for Joe Paterno. Hey, what about this Mike McCreary kid? I never liked Mike McCreary as a football coach to begin with. That's the red-haired yeah. guy on the sidelines, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I've been arguing about him as a football. He's part of the problem with Penn State. There's a guy to me who's just in over his head at the Pennsylvania State University as a football coach. Now, he yeah, the same thing. If Mike McCreary, if Mike McCreary saw it and he didn't go further, and again, you know, all right, you know, twelve hours after, maybe you're still in shock. A day later, maybe you're still in shock. But three days later, five week, two weeks, a month later. You have to be thinking about it. It's a dramatic incident. You saw it, and if you you decided not to go through and pursue and make sure it's not happening again, that's premeditated, Big Doug. You're thinking about that at that point, and you're making a premeditated decision to protect the university and a friend of yours or a guy who used to coach you at the expense of possibly innocent kids. That's premeditated, and that's dead wrong. And if you think about this, He's thinking he's protecting the university or protecting his football career. Well, he will never coach again ever, and this is the worst thing that could ever happen to the, this university. If he goes ahead straight out and says, you know what, this went out and this has got to stop, you look back and you'd be like, wow, Penn State guy, you know, doing the right thing, doing the Penn State way. Well, this is an ugly incident, but we cleared it out, and who knows how many kids we protected, and we finally got a predator. And then, you know, you can learn from this. Hey, the guy next door, the guy always waves to you, help you wave uh you know, uh, rake your lawn. Uh, you better be careful. You might not want to leave your kids with them. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it could have it turned into something like that. Now, the ugliest thing I could ever remember in the history mm-hmm. of sport. By the way, I remember I prefaced it by saying that we don't really know, uh, you know, anything near what the whole story is. So just we're basing it off a conversation or our conversation based off of, of what we're hearing, and we'll do that a little bit on sports talk. But I do preface it by saying we're still a couple of yahoos just uh, – throwing our opinions out there. And I also, I'll continue my statement. You probably disagree with this, Big Dog, that, you know, some people are saying Jerry Sandusky formed this charitable organization just, you know, to give him an opportunity to molest kids. I doubt that's the case, and probably, and it happens in many, many other cases like that, 95% of what the, what's it called, the uh, two-mile? Go the extra mile, go the second mile. You know, probably was very, very good and helped a lot of kids, and he did some great things, and he probably started it with good intentions, but he's got this other part that's obviously a sickness and, and not by any means, um, you know, getting them off the hook. It's disgusting, and it's absolute predatory on young kids, but, you know, it doesn't mean his charitable organization didn't do some good work along the way for whatever that means. No, uh, Sports Center has Chris uh, Spielman. On an interview, and yep. honestly, that's all anybody's talking about on Sports Center today is, is is this incident or incidents and situation or whatever you, you want to call this. But Spielman was recruited by Penn State, and he talked about how to this day he go up paternal paternal will joke about his his visit to the Penn State campus, and he also stayed at Jerry Sandusky's house. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there were a bunch of foster children there. And he said he thought Jerry Sandusky was, like, the greatest guy ever. And he said he actually thought that when he made it, he was going to do just like Jerry Sandusky did and gave, give back to all the, like, the, mm-hmm. the young the young men and, and set examples and, and do this for people. Yep. So, you, you know what I mean? And he's like, now he's like, I can't even explain yep. how I feel about yep. Jerry Sandusky right now. I heard so. uh, similar thoughts from LeVar Arrington, their All-American linebacker. Who played for uh, Jerry Sandusky? He was, uh, you know, he was Joe Paterno's right hand man, highly respected coach, and a big part of linebacker U, which they used to call Penn State. Mm-hmm. Sad. Which Illinois is really the true linebacker U. I don't care what anybody says. We can go. We can go. 
we've talked enough Jerry Sandusky. Let's go head to head for linebackers from Illinois compared to <laughs> linebackers from Penn State, coach. Oh okay. goodness! Well, we mentioned David when we brought the story up what a couple of days ago, and it had just come out. We we said, hey, tip of the iceberg. You knew. Oh yeah. Ninety-eight percent chance this was going to be a big, big story, and it still and, might just be tip of the iceberg. I, I hope not. I hope it's like it's like it ends like oh this is what happened. These were the nine boys that. It happened to. Yep. Hopefully, we don't find out that it's dozens and dozens. You know, so mm-hmm. so far, Herman Kane has not been implicated in this story, but it just seems like at some point, you know, they're starting on opposite ends of the eight and a half by eleven notebook paper with your pencil marked big dog. It just seems like through all the curves and all the detours, somehow the Herman Kane story and the Jerry Sandusky story are going to meet at some point. I got a feeling we will connect the dots. Hopefully not, Coach. Yeah, you're right. We don't need we don't need that back. You're right. All right. Uh, 888-463-6748. Tomorrow and Friday we'll get back to a little football talk. We'll talk some Big Ten football beyond the Penn State situation. I think one of the interesting stories as we bring that up, dog, will be uh, how the Penn State football team. You know, you talk about uh, in football learning lessons to overcome adversity and you know, dealing with outside things and stuff. I would think the Penn State football players right now, hopefully they're getting good consultation, not so much on the football field, but psychologically. But players overcoming adversity, they're going to get some life lessons the next couple of weeks, huh? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. How I, you know, I, I've been hearing different stuff, and they, that's brought up, like, at the end. Everybody gets their opinion, how disgusting it is, and at the end they're like, well, how do you think the football team's going to react? You know, that's, you know, it is still a sports program, sports center. And everyone's like, well, how can they focus? How can they? Well, you know what? Maybe all they'll have is the ability to go to practice and practice football and keep people at bay at that point. And, fo- and football is all they'll have. And the football team might end up really coming together over this. When I, every time there's ever uh, some type of huge distraction, everybody always assumes that people fall apart. Mm-hmm. You get to play Division One football because you have some type of heart and courage and you love the game of football. I am not assuming that Penn State's just going to fall apart because uh, of this massive, massive distraction. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> what will the fan? I know there were uh, students, uh, you know, protesting against. There was also a huge group of students around Joe Paterno's house and uh, supporting him across the campus. He got a little differentiation there. The game is it's a big game actually. Nebraska at Penn State. Will we still see the whiteout? Will the fans? Be as enthusiastic, or do you expect a little more tempered atmosphere from uh, Happy Valley? You know, that is a huge question. I, I don't know, Coach, because uh, last night, 1,500 people outside of Paterno's house, you know, giving them some support. You're going to have, obviously, a, a huge, huge chunk of people going there to support uh, Penn State, the players. Those, it shouldn't be empty. Those players had nothing to do with it. Those players, I'm sure, are more disgusted than anybody else on the planet by the situation that's going on. They should not have to pay the price. So people should go to the Penn State football game and support those players, okay? Mm-hmm. Will and, Mike McCreary be coaching? He absolutely should not be on the sidelines. He should have nothing to do with the program whatsoever anymore. Mm-hmm. I I could not have him anywhere near me. If, I, if he was my position coach, I would have to have a serious, serious talk with him, a serious talk with him, and let him know his credibility is mm-hmm. very, very deeply, uh, maybe irre- irreconcilably, uh, uh, like, 
I don't know, Coach. I wouldn't want him as my Seems team. like the guy pulling him together as their wide receiver, All-American candidate before he got injured, definite NFL guy, very charismatic guy. Derek Moye, I believe his name is, the wide receiver. He seems like to be the spokesman of the team, the guy that's keeping everybody together. And I would heard some comments from him about uh, similar to what you just said, that, you know, we're going to pull together, we'll even be stronger for it, and we're going to win it for Joe Paterno. So we'll see. Actually, it's a pretty good game, though, on Nebraska, coming off that big loss at Penn State, uh, beyond all the other crapola that's going on, should be a heck of a football game. Yeah, and let's face it, Penn State controls their own destiny for the Rose Bowl. They can actually lose one game in Big Ten play, and yep. if they win the rest, and they win the Big Ten championship game, they're playing in the Rose Bowl, and if they win all their games, they would also need a lot of help, but they, believe it or not, they could get back door into the national title game if Penn State wins the rest of their football game. They are so, the leader of the leaders. Division. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, Coach. Which yeah, is I'm better than being the leader of the Legends. If you were a Legend leading the Leaders Division, it would be pretty ironic that you couldn't be leading the Legends Division because, in fact, you were a Legend leading the Legends Division. Thank you. I'm for, not really for trans, I'm not sure if I followed you. Trans, I didn't follow myself, so don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> they're 5-0 and in the conference, Ohio State. And Wisconsin three and two. Your beloved fighting Illini at two and three. Big dog. No scandals on the Illini campus. Just a hunger for a victory. Oh, there's a scandal. It's called <laughs> special teams. That's what the, that's what it is. On it. Illinois has a, of the top twelve teams in the conference. They have probably the the second or third best offense on defense. They're the second or third best defense, and that team is about the eighth best team in the conference right now because mm-hmm. they can't have any field position. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, two, yeah, you know who coaches the special teams, by the way. Yeah, Alonzo, that yep. coach. There you yeah. go. There you go. By the way, uh, just as a quick, quick sideline here, the exhibition games are over for the first time, I think, in the collegiate hoop season here on a beautiful Wednesday, November 9th. We have college basketball, actual regular season games. Big Dog, I actually wrote a few down for you on TV. You want to get some college hoops? Lehigh taking on St. John's with God's gift. What's that guy's last name? God's Gift Amuche, if you didn't join us on Monday's award-winning show, that's his actual name, not his nickname. I told that to my kids, and we were like, I wonder, like, like you know, in second and third grade when they take roll, roll call, you know, Cindy here, Bob here, Tom here, Beth here, God's Gift. <laughs> <laughs> now, it would be worse if the last name was Gift, and then you name the kid God. Well, but the fact that his first name is two words, God's gift. Yeah. See, I like uh, just flat out. There's no way that I would go to high school and call a guy by the name God's gift. He would definitely be called Gigi. What's up, Gigi? <laughs> I, I'd go with Jesus. No, you know he plays. Uh, <laughs> he's a center at St. John, so he's probably pretty big and athletic. So I don't oh. know how long I'd be able to call him Gigi when I was in high school with him. He's really good. He's really yeah. good. He's supposed to be their top freshman, one of the top freshmen in the country. So, or, or is he a sophomore? I think he's he was there last year, coach. Okay. Was positive. He was yeah. last year. So he's he's not just on the roster with a funny name. He's going to play. But you can watch God's Gift tonight on television. You also got Akron and Mississippi State and Duquesne. The Fighting Dukes take on uh, Sean Miller in Arizona. I think Sean Miller was rumored in every single job. You know, there's usually like one coach in football or basketball or baseball managing. Cubs are looking for a man. Manager, one guy that's like everybody interviews. Well, it seems like Sean Miller interviewed for like forty-eight different jobs. He's still coaching Arizona, big dog. But it's a matter of time before he goes somewhere else. 
Yeah, who, who was the guy that got, he was interviewed, uh, Gillespie. Billy, he was interviewed and rumored for every single job for like eight years and could not move up. And then all of a sudden he got the Kentucky job. And I remember we were like, wow, talk about a guy he paid his dues and it just falls in his lap. Well, yeah, it fell in his lap. It crushed him, coach. So, well, I, I still remember the absolute classic, the Billy Galepsi, you know, career at Kentucky, the big blue. They were down a little bit. Last couple of years at Tubby Smith, uh, you know, it didn't fall apart, but just down a little bit brand new. Coach, they're all excited. You remember this? And they scheduled some weak sister of the poor, I don't know, Hofstra A&M. Yeah, some it, was, team, it, was a, huh? it was it was a double A team. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, For their first exhibition game, but the place was packed. Because they were all enthused with the new coach, they did a, you know the whole pregame show, the whole bit, and they lost. Ashley Judd was there. Who was there? Ashley Judd was there. That's right. <laughs> so you know they bring in this team to be cannon, and they lost the game, the Division One Double A team, and that was the the beginning of the end for Billy Gillespie at Kentucky. Yeah, well, yeah, there's no the one Double A in in basketball, so it was a, it was a Division Two team, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. Was it Gardner Webb with uh, with the, it was Gardner Webb with the hyphen in the middle of their name? Uh, could have been. It, I'm pretty sure Gardner Webb beat yeah. Kentucky. <laughs> and if, I, if you get a first row seat at a Kentucky game, there's a chance. And if you're right by the Kentucky bench, it might it might be worth spending a thousand bucks for the seat because Ashley Judd will kiss you if you're wearing a Kentucky shirt. Did you know that she just hands out kisses in the front row all the time? I, uh, yeah, I've tapered a little bit, but I used to be not that long ago. Back in our early morning break days, Ashley Judd was, um, top five in the coaches' rankings. Definitely one of my personal favorites. So I, I might pay that thousand bucks for a ticket. Not bad. Yeah. What do you got? Spike Lee sitting at the New York Knicks games. You got Nicholson at the Lakers game. I'll take Ashley Judd at the, uh, Kentucky Wild games, uh, yeah, Wildcat out the, games. Out of the two, now who's, nobody, we don't have anybody famous because Roger, Roger Ebert has passed. Uh, at the Bulls uh, games? Uh, yeah, at the Bulls games. Regular courtside seater. I think Joel's correct. I don't, I can't think of a celeb, uh, David. I mean, like, we had Siskel for years. Remember, yeah. he'd be like that. That was, yeah, but he was Come like on. the biggest one. We're, we're going to match up Siskel with Spike Lee or uh, Ashley Judd? No. That's my point. Yeah. A yeah. critic, a movie maker, and an actress. Yeah. yeah who's the, yeah. An occasional have. Barack Obama, but, but again, not regular like Nicholson or Spike Lee or, Ashley Joe. We gotta get a celebrity and please don't nominate Jim Bellucci. <laughs> I think I can speak for eighty nine point two percent of the people in Chicago. We don't need him as our uh, courtside guy. Now who the, at the Blackhawks games I, it's Vince Vaughn. He goes to a lot of Hawks games. Aren't uh doesn't uh R. Kelly and uh Kanye West frequent the United guys. Center quite uh, uh, quite a bit? R. Kelly. Yeah, I could I, I the only thing I know about R. Kelly is that uh, Lily Lilac's, uh, business. R. Kelly has a studio and they burn rope nonstop the whole entire time they make music. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Lovely. And then, uh, uh, Ashley Judd isn't, she's fighting the aging a little too aggressively, in my opinion. Have yeah. you seen her as of late? No. Oh, she she's, she's, oh, she's got the plastic surgery bug. Really? She, yeah, oh, she's, uh, she's only our age, y'all. But huh. yeah, she's. Is she starting to look a little bit like Joan Rivers yet? Uh, no, but not, not, not too far away. I mean. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. You gotta go natural. Go natural. Seriously. Yeah, you might look really good for like a week after yep. you get that surgery. Yep. But after like a month later, you're like, why did I do that? Oh no, I have to have another surgery. Absolutely. Or, yeah, yeah, she's got a, the extended lips because yeah, of the little tuck and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. A little, you know, an occasional, very subtle 
away from the public, nip and a tuck, big dog, a little uplifting experience, if you will. That's, you know, but too much? No, not so good. No, no none of it. You don't need a nip or a tuck. Like, okay. All right. Eat some guacamole, some olive oil. <laughs> take, a, take a walk around the block, okay? Uh, Quit smoking. You know, that's all you got to do. Take your omega-3 fish, fish oil pills. How about eat fish? <laughs> 888-463-6748, the phone number. Seeking you shall find. I got a couple stories for you, Big Dog. Oh, See if you want to throw a few out at me. One, I didn't yeah. even have this, but as I'm looking at my Facebook page today, I swear to you, I am not kidding. I, I, I liked Occupy Chicago, the, the page. So uh-huh. I'm getting some updates. I swear to you, right smack on my Facebook page, Occupy Downers Grove, your old hometown. Where they're gonna, are they gonna, where are they gonna be, uh, Demonstrating in Downers Grove. It did not list a particular location, but it was like, you know, join us and so and so. I didn't hit the further information. Maybe I could have found out, but it's right there for you. Occupy Downers Grove. I don't know if there's any big sites, any industrial areas in your old hometown, but if you want to get out there, they're occupying. Well, yeah, I, I think I'll skip that particular one. Now, there's a couple spots for industry in Downers Grove, believe it or not, but if you go down to the downtown area, there's, there's plenty of Irish pubs and plenty of places, so it, you know, with those, I don't know, is if you need good weed, you might as well go out there because that's supposedly the best spot <laughs> to get it. And bring condoms for safe sex is uh, all I have to tell you. Boy. Oh, my goodness, the diseases these people are spreading. Free love in the streets. I mean, hey, the 60s are back. It's nice. You don't even need to protest anything. Just show up. It sounds like you might have a good time. Yeah, if, if you want to, bring some soap. <laughs> you are a sick, sick man, big dog. Oh, and I'm sick. I'm I appreciate sick. you okay. more and more all the time. Uh, item number two on our Seek and E Show Find off the sports page we go. Just a real quick note. We mentioned Rivers Casino opened up about three months ago. Read in the paper this morning, Big Dog, that it is already, already the number one money-making casino in the state of Illinois. Already, I don't know what, they're six months into it, maybe $112 million grossed for the state of Illinois. This statistic courtesy of our good friends at the Illinois Gaming Board. Now, yes, is that that place in Des Plaines? Yes, it, and it and it isn't six months. It opened the end of July, so it's even more recent. Even more recent, yeah. It was the end of July. It opened. Yeah. I, I legitimately know at least a hundred people that have gone there. I've been invited to go numerous times, and luckily I have been enabled to uh, participate. <laughs> so I, I I can walk there, Oof. and I, I I I've never been yet. I can, but Don't it's go. Like close Don't enough go to walk. All. Don't yeah. go. I'm I'm like a ten no, I'm fifteen not, I, minute. Yeah, I'm not. I yeah, I'm not a gambler. Yeah, I mean, you, that'd be cool. You could that'd be wrong for twenty five years. You could say I've never stepped foot in that place. Mm-hmm. So you could just go there for the food, big dog. You can eat fairly cheap. All you can eat. I, I, I thought those things, the, the Illinois ones, weren't like Las Vegas, where you get the great deals on the food. Yeah, you might be right. I I, I have no idea. Someone's going to have to let us know about that. Ed, no, they that. they don't have the food deals. They okay. they do not okay. have the so food it's more deals. expensive fine dining. Yeah. Well, you got a Hugo's Frog Bar and then you got a gourmet hamburger restaurant. Yeah, give me a break. So it's not it's not like uh, oh god, is it the Flamingo Hilton where they have the seventy five cent foot long hot dogs? Yeah. Oh heck yeah! Do they give you free cocktails if you are gaming? Yes, they do. Yes, okay. cheap cocktails, but still, it's kind of cool when you're in Vegas. Okay. Like cocktails. They what? give you free drinks at this place in Des Plaines? That's what David is saying. Yeah, I believe so. At the high limit tables, I believe they do. I'm mm-hmm. not sure about everything. 
not like not like at the slot machines and everything like that. But I think if you're, yeah. I think if you're at like the twenty twenty five dollar tables, yeah, you get free big dogs tickets. picture and you oh, know play. You know twenty five dollars a hand and me tipping two dollars a beverage. I that's I probably make out like a bandit as long as I didn't lose more than two hundred dollars that night. I at least would have broke even with the amount of alcohol I would drink. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So I, I, I see you playing the quarter slots, like maybe putting the two quarters in per hour and sucking down the free cocktails. Finding a... and they're, they're going to come by with a Jack Daniels on the rocks once every seven days if I'm playing one of those machines. <laughs> <laughs> Item number three on the uh, Seek and Ye Show. Fine, Big Dog likes to call it Hear Ye, Hear Ye. A uh, little news and notes off the sports page. We go every Wednesday here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. Big Dog. And the coach at your service. This was interesting. It was brought up about uh, maybe a week and a half ago. Very, if you haven't read it yet, and I'm talking about Stephen Jobs's sister's uh, eulogy. Yes, thank you. To her brother Stephen. It's very heartwarming. You can catch it in a number of uh, locations. But what people are talking about is apparently his final words that he spoke. I don't know. Do we bring this up on the show already? We might have talked about it a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. we talked about it. <laughs> we did talk about it? Yeah, we, we did talk about okay. it. That was, it was some pretty moving stuff. And yeah. Basically it was like, but but, but the, it's got legs a little bit because people keep talking about People are like conjecturing, you know, this guy was so brilliant. You know, they're talking about he did look at his family and his brother or sister. And maybe he was just saying, you know, oh, wow, you know, what I created. But other people are saying maybe as, as he was heading into the abyss, big dog, he was uh, amazed at what he saw, and hopefully a very positive, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And it, it gives us uh, some positive thought processes for the time that when we do leave this fine world. Yes. Uh, well, i got to tell you something. That guy, talk about leaving a positive legacy. You know, Steve Jobs, he's done a lot for for mankind. And uh, another strange, you know, another way of just leaving another part of his legacy for mankind. Has David Letterman done a top ten things that, Stephen Jobs might have been talking about, probably politically incorrect, but you could come up with a pretty good top ten if you aren't too sensitive and you could find your sense of humor. Well, since we're not part of the family, it'd be a lot easier for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. You know, I want to go to a website. I'm sure there is. Famous last words or dying words from people. Yeah. Because I would think there's some pretty cool stuff. I, I would like to know, like, they did, they, like there was something about about that on BuzzFeed a couple yeah. weeks ago. I'll see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you could. I meant to Google it up, and I and I didn't, but I, I, I'm sure there's more than a few things up there. But as people are about to die, their final words, big dog, kind of prophetic. No, yeah, there be there be a few of them that I would like to know, like uh, William Randolph Hearst, what it was his last words on the I, on the planet. Work. I believe it was take Tennessee plus five. He was a big volunteer fan. Was he? I, I actually found, I found two lists. Okay, famous last words of, uh, let's see here, twenty-five other geniuses. Okay, and then twenty-five last words of famous authors. Which one would you like to hear? I would rather hear the geniuses. Okay, this is absurd. This is absurd. <laughs> were the last words of Sigmund Freud. Really? That's, <laughs> that's an odd way to go out. Drink to me. Drink to my health. You know I can't drink anymore. I like that. Winston Churchill. Hemingway. Pablo Picasso. Pablo. Hemingway's on here. Here are Hemingway's last words. 
Uh, good night, my kitten. Good what? Good night, my kitten. That's really profound. Yeah, the only well, problem he was, was he was, was talking to his wife. He died. Uh, he was talking to his wife. The, okay, I, I thought it was Herman, his chauffeur, that was in the room at the time. But go ahead. <laughs> Tomorrow I shall no longer be here. Nostradamus. Thought that was Jerry's. That wasn't Jerry Sandusky. No. Okay. You no. know when uh, they when they went into the when they went into Nostradamus's. Uh, <laughs> when they went into his tomb, when they escaled, they they took his body out. They had engraved on a plaque the exact date and time when he was going to be found. And was he right? Yeah, he was right. Wow! So. You see the dude who got mummified just to throw it off real quick. Some some guy died recently, and he was the first human being to be mummified. They froze him, huh? They froze him. They did something to him. They taped him up. Yeah, right, go ahead. I'm more interested in David's. Yes, yeah, so am I. <laughs> brothers, brothers, please. This is a house of peace. Oh, I like that. No. I like that. No? Those were the last words of Malcolm X. Say it again. Oh. Brothers, please. Brothers, brothers, please. This is a house of peace. I like yeah, he that. Was, he was killed, Coach. He was killed. He was gunned down. Yeah. Okay. So what's wrong with those words as you're about to die? He was trying to calm down the crowd or whatever, yeah. and then he got shot. Okay, but I still think that's fair, not fairly. It's very prophetic. I like that. To I, have that kind of thought process in the in a moment like that, she gained all new respect for Malcolm Y. I'm losing were the last words of Frank Sinatra. I thought that was Jimmy the Greek. I'm losing. Well, that's too bad that he felt that. Really. Frank Sinatra accomplishes all that stuff in his life, and he—that's how he ends it—is with that statement. Wow. Well, there's different ways you could say it. So maybe, maybe he said it. You know, like after, being cool, like the cool way to die. With yeah, exactly. With Dean Martin at his bedside, well, couple no, no, of no, 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 no. He was la- he, Dean Martin was dead. Sammy Davis Jr. was okay. dead, and they died. You know, in the years leading up to it, and that. I mean, I, from what I understand, I mean, it really depressed him. Especially, especially when uh, Dean Martin died, because he suffered from huge bouts of loneliness, coach. Like with Ava Gardner, that when she left him, he like freaked out about it. Like he drank like nonstop for like five years. Hmm. Like would did not stop drinking for five years. Mm-hmm. So like he was like he he was like manic about like friends and relationships. Another of many many stories we hear about famous people who have. People of, you know, tons of friends and even more people that want to be their friends, and they're probably the loneliest people in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, he was he was suffering from uh, dementia, and he had, like, several heart attacks leading up to his okay. death. So he wasn't all there at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to say the greatest roast speech ever was when Sinatra was in that condition you're talking about, and Don Rickles came out and roasted him. To, uh, to this day, I swear to you, I, I, I thought Sinatra was laughing so hard he was not going to make it through the whole entire particular with Don Rickles making fun of him. That was good stuff, Coach. I you need to, all people would appreciate it. I'm marking a doubt. I need to YouTube that. I haven't seen a Don Rickles in a long time. I've told you before, there's a, probably, it's between Dangerfield and Don Rickles are the two guys that can absolutely put me in stitches and send me to the floor. There was actually a great Don Rickles roast just last week because uh, John Lasseter, yeah. the head of Pixar, got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 
And at the ceremony, Rickles roasted him. So I need a oh. YouTube Rickles roast of John Lasseter. Yes. <laughs> okay. Nobody can make fun of oh. somebody like Don Rickles can. Oh. Greatest of all time. And he gets so, on a roll. The thing is, you know, some comedians can hit you, you know, with a funny line or a funny story, but he gets you like, you know, it's like jabs to the stomach, you know, punch and a punch and a punch and a punch. Then the left hook, and I'm just down. I mean, obviously, everybody's got their own taste. He he would absolutely do it for me. So I'm alive as a, not as a, a, uh, fan or spectator, but I was a Andy Frayn Usher. You remember the old Andy Frayn Usher's big dog? Yeah, you'd have been really intimidating with three 107 pounds with an afro. <laughs> I was an Andy Frayn Usher for one of his appearances and uh, at the old Mill Run Theater, but I remember the guy was just absolutely, uh, absolutely hilarious, and he would criticize everybody and basically be politically incorrect, but he would do it to everybody. So if you insult everybody, then you can't get people mad at you. <laughs> yeah, and through his humor, he kind of, he tried to prove a point that we're all in it together, and it, and how silly it is that we have these prejudices. Yeah, did my parents saw Rickles at the Tropicana in it was probably the early '80s, and they were right up against the stage, and my dad was the guy he kept coming oh. back to. Oh, that's Nine, ninety minutes kept coming back to my dad. You do not want to be in the front row for the Don Rickles show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I would have saw that. I, I'd be just. Were you there when it happened? No, no I, I, I was oh. like eight or nine years old, but my, oh, my dad still yeah, well, talks about I just kept coming back yeah. to him, back to him, back to him. He was, I had that, he was that guy. I, I had know. that more than a few times. Because uh, when I was in the 20s, Big Dog, that's when comedy clubs were just becoming popular. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we, we, we frequented them uh, you know, a fair amount of times, and there were more than a few times. I remember one time when I was in the f- table near the front, and the guy found out I was Jewish. And so for the rest of the show, every time things were slow, he would he would call me Abraham, and he'd come over and make jokes about Abraham. Well, Abraham's <laughs> sitting over here, you know. Oof. And you try to smile, you try to laugh, but, you know, you, there's nothing you can do. There's no way you can look cool. You just got to take it and smile as best worst, you can. One of the worst things you can do is taunt a person on stage with a microphone whose yep. job is to make people laugh. Yep. Very rarely yep. do you ever win. Yep. You may be in a hole to begin with, but you're going to dig yourself a deeper one, and you're going to have to walk out of there with your head down. At any rate, yeah, there, uh, there was an episode of Louie where um, he was getting heckled by a woman, and he was just kind of ignoring her, and then he, like, laid into her, and she just, like, started crying, and, it was just, and he felt, like, terrible about it. It was a very, very, very funny episode. <laughs> I uh... Uh, I got a so Louis. That's the guy. Uh, he's got got like uh, he lives in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it, yeah, it's Louis C.K. Yep, and yep. it's like it's a very non-traditional sitcom because usually what it is, it's like two 15-minute mini movies, and that's that's his half hour. And okay. the guy, the guy is just he, he's like he's like absolutely brilliant. He was uh he was like one of Chris Rock's head writers for years, and he also was with Conan during the early days. So. He's finally, you know, making a name for himself now. But it's yeah. it's it's a great show. A lot of people love it. I've seen it and I've seen him too, and um, not a huge fan. Just as oh, there's just, just, just certain things. It was like oh god, like uh, there's this one where he goes out with he's like divorced and he goes out to 
his friends to, to like a nightclub and the music's so loud he can't hear anything. And so the whole thing is just like you can hear the throbbing music and the, their mouth into each other. And he keeps pointing to his ears like, what? I can't, what? What? <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, it, was, I, it was a whole episode. Believe hysterical. me, I've been in that situation. I hate that. <laughs> hey, Big Doe, one of our emailers emailing in, they'd like to know what you think the last dying words might be of a few uh, sports personalities. We'll put the Big Dog on the spot. Uh, final dying words, uh, what they could be or what they should be of Lovey Smith, Bears coach. The last dying words, uh, well, got it done. First quarter live was good. My last quarter was the best. Oh, come on. You missed the easy one. God is oh, okay. God is my quarterback. Yeah, Rex is our quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about the uh, Chicago Cub pitcher Carlos Zambrano? Keep it clean, by the way. We are a uh, family sports talk show. At least we attempt to be. Uh, no mas, no mas. <laughs> that would have been uh, who? Uh, Roberto Duran. Roberto Duran. That was his. Yes, I, I had to steal that one from him. Yeah. Uh, we could probably do a whole we, – we, we may have to come up with a segment on that. But I think David Letterman could have a little bit of fun with top ten things Stephen Jobs actually saw when he said, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. All right, moving along on our end. Do you got any uh, items over there, by the way? I got a couple more here. Yeah, well, I, I got one for uh, – uh, now there's Occupy Sacramento, Coach. So if you're going to bring up Occupy stories, I'll, I'll give you one too. Just to let you know the, the homeless people in, in Sacramento are fed up with the, the occupiers demonstrating and taking over their park. <laughs> Outside of the Capitol. Yeah. And there, was, there was a clash yesterday. <laughs> and a bunch of them, like, kicked up the tents and, and threw them around. And, were, and were, you know, get out of our home. Get out of our home. So I found that funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. May have to so, check that out. This could get ugly. The homeless people battling the occupiers. And, uh, by the way, there is a Republican debate tonight, if anybody's interested in that. It would be like the 15th of 36. Republican debates tonight, and by the way, uh-huh. correct me if I'm wrong, David Olson, political pundit, one year from yesterday will be the 2012 election. It election was actually, day. well, it, no, it was actually one year from Sunday. Well, we're not going to vote on Sunday. Well, no, but it, it, the, the date is it's going to yeah. be one year but from Sunday. Is it Sunday. the first Tuesday? Yeah, it'll okay, be the first so, Tuesday well, in November. Right, I'm gonna and next on. year's a leap year, so that first Tuesday in November gets pushed up a day. So if you, want to, if you want to get technical about okay, it, it's I don't one want to year get, from Sunday. Don't want to get technical. One year from now, Big Dog, we will be uh, voting for a new president of the United States. I know you're excited about the next year of political controversy. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I just, <laughs> just figured out who's going to be Republican presidential candidates yeah. enough. Oh, my goodness. What about, yeah. you know, nobody's talking about it. You know, let me be the first to mention. It is not beyond the realm of comprehension. If Northwestern can go into Nebraska and beat the Cornhuskers, Okay. Barack Obama could say, you know, I've had a good four years. I want to stay involved and he will do public service or whatever. But, you know, who's to say he decides, hey, I'm not going to run on Hillary Clinton or somebody else because stranger things have happened. Not likely. But nobody's talking about that. It's possible. No, there's zero chance. He's got his what? entire fund because he's, he's already got uh, it, it, close to a billion dollars. Yeah, in that's a good coffers. point. His fundraising yeah, no, he's, is he's, off the charts. No, he's in it for the long haul. Maybe he would donate that money to, uh, you know, charitable causes. That money's spent already, Coach. All right. Just a thought. Would you want, after doing this for four years, again, you know, this goes back to your 
private time. Now you're getting, you're away from the public. You're sitting in your lazy boy chair or right before it's going to sleep, and you think to yourself, to... "Goodness, Christ, I got to go through. Do I really want to go through four more years of this? I'm set financially. I could, you know, get out of the White House and live a good life. The kids could have a normal life. It's got to be tempting, I would think. Oh, no, it would be really, really tempting. But see, but the life that those people lead. Have you ever seen the, the History Channel show, It's Good to Be the President? It's a two-hour special about how the president lives. No. Uh, I think I can deal with uh, the taxing uh, situation of having aides read particular reports and have them report back on me if anything is important in it and have the ability to watch ESPN whenever you wanted to and fly around the world, eat the best food, make a couple uh, things, have a couple people lambast you, say that, you know, you're a horrible and you're an idiot. Yeah, Coach, there's no way he's given up the power of the presidency. It's impossible. I don't, as soon as uh, those guys get it, they become intoxicated by it, and it's the truth. Hey, Even your guy, Barack Obama, is intoxicated by the power of the presidency. Hey, he is to some extent. Uh, just remind you that last Saturday, the Northwestern Wildcats, with the defense giving up 45 points a game, walked into Lincoln, Nebraska, and beat Nebraska. Nothing's impossible. You heard it here first. It could happen. If, if that happens, then Barack Obama's family was threatened. There's no way well, he would not run for the president of the United States unless he was threatened. Well, I guarantee you he's been flight. threatened many times over. Don't kid yourself. Well, well, now we're talking about people that can actually uh, pull, you know what I mean, do stuff. I mean, you're talking yeah. about like the highest level. So unless, my point is he's going to run for president okay. coach. He's not right. going to not run. All right. Okay. Remember, when, it, when, it, when the shocking announcement who, who, comes. Who hasn't run? You know huh? the only president that did not run for their second term? Uh, that's a great. That's a great run. question. Is there? I, I know. I know the answer. So there might be somebody else, but I do, and I'm pretty sure it's the only time it's ever happened. Well, oh. I know. I know Lyndon Johnson didn't yes. go for his next term, but technically, it wasn't a second term since he served part of Kennedy's term. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but he could have ran. Yeah, he could have ran, and he chose not to. Mm-hmm. Who is he, is he? Who you were talking about? That's exactly what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So there's no other president who. I can't think of one coach in the whole history okay. that could have that could have run for a second term and then did not. All right. uh, don't forget, if I would have told you two weeks ago that Joe Paterno will uh, retire this year in a huge, sordid sex scandal, you would have called me crazy, too. Just remember, <laughs> if Obama decides not to run, you heard it here first. At any rate, let's move on. Now, this is interesting because I know you're a somewhat of a historian and a fan of J. Edgar Hoover, but the movie is out. It's called Jay Edgar. It's uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. And I know this is a guy, correct me if I'm wrong, Doll, you've read a couple of books, done some research on Jay Edgar Hoover. He is, uh, I mean, his story is unbelievable, Jay Edgar Hoover. So I don't know if they're going to portray him as a good guy, as a guy that's trying to get as much power as possible. It looks like he's like the hero of this. They're really making him look like a great guy. So I can't wait to see how they actually portray him in this movie. I have a little bit more shadier image of, of mm-hmm. Jagger Hooper, honestly. From what I, I, I'm not saying he was a bad person or anything. I just thought he was a little uh, power-hungry mm-hmm. and thought he was even more important than the president of the United States. He really did, Coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Clint Eastwood directing Leonard DiCaprio. Great job of the uh, makeup guy because I saw a couple of pictures of him. And wow. I mean, turning a whatever he is, a young, a late 20, early 30s, a DiCaprio into a very realistic-looking J. Edgar Hoover, highly impressive. But Clint Eastwood is at the helm, big dog. The guy, you know, Clint Eastwood will not go oh, away either. Eastwood film? Yeah. He, oh, well, he's, right. uh, I don't know if he wrote it, but he's directing. 
Okay. I think somebody somebody else might have wrote it. Um, all right, next all right. item on the yes, David. We want to go uh, accuracy to, accuracy to uh, dedication to accuracy. Dedication to accuracy. It's, we've never been particularly big on that, but it's a good day to start. There are actually five that didn't go for the second term. Ah. Okay. okay. Uh, four of them all were in the same circumstance where they ascended the presidency through death of the president. Interesting. Those were okay. Theodore Roosevelt, Calvin Coolidge, Harry Truman, and Lyndon B. Johnson. All of them served part of their predecessor's term and then a full term of their own. They all could have run for an additional term, and they, none of them did. Hmm. Okay? Uh, and then... Paul, I thought Eisenhower beat Truman in the 19... 19- Fifty-two election. Okay, I don't know. No, 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 no. That was that was it, no, no. Truman didn't run. Okay. Truman okay. chose not to run. At least according to what I'm looking here. To, and then uh, Polk chose not to run for a second term due to his health. James Polk. Interesting. James All Polk. Right. Yeah. Dedication That's, to accuracy is something we uh, we might try here on the show. Next item on our. Uh, Seeking you shall find Big Dog, two guys that might talk some sports and more, a little football previews tomorrow. Don't forget on Friday we do Football Friday, Big Dog and a coach at your service from 10 until 11 o'clock every weekday here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic show. A rapper, Heavy D. I'm not familiar with his music, but uh, apparently had more than a few top 10 rap songs. Heavy D, Big Dog, passing away at the age of 44, another rapper. Who has died way too early, and they're saying potentially uh, pneumonia was oh, the cause man. of death. Wow, how horrible is that? That's the. Are you way to go. familiar with Heavy D? Absolutely, because you know back in the day before it, it turned into the fact of let, let's hate everybody type music, and then it turned into hey, my, I have wheels that spin faster than you music. It used to be kind of cool, and he was he was the overweight love of Heavy D. He was that guy coach. Mm-hmm. The girls, okay. the girls, they loved me, so I would. I would uh, I would always change that song to I'm the Polish ass lover. That one. So, <laughs> so made just a few adjustments, I, I, huh? Yeah, I did. I make a few adjustments. So that's uh, it's sad because he was a good guy. He never he always his his music was about like having a good time, partying, being good to women. Like he didn't have he didn't say bitch and all that other stuff. He mm-hmm. was a good guy, coach. Okay. So that's sad to hear. Forty four years old, way too young. Heavy D. And the boys apparently was his group. By the yeah. way, real couple of quick Bears notes. We'll get into a big game. Uh, you know, the Bears and Detroit Lions. Uh, we'll talk about that a lot on Friday. But a couple of quick notes. Lovey Smith in his press conference uh, talking about how they used. I thought this was interesting. A major source of motivation brought out by Lovey was the fact that uh, they were eight point underdog. You don't often hear coaches talk about point spreads. He said, I think his words were, the Chicago Bears should never be eight point underdogs to anybody i found that uh rather curious dog yeah and he said he, he any class i out said that he used that when he said that i was like i cannot believe lovey smith had just admitted that <laughs> you know what i mean normally oh, it doesn't matter we 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 try to you know uh we, we can inspire ourselves and here we don't need that but yeah he flat out said yeah well we're eight point hundred dogs <laughs> i loved it i when he said it I, I i actually paused it and had cloudy come down and i rewound it and he just laughed and i was like can you believe that Levy Smith actually admitted that. So I thought it was a cool thing to actually say. 
Cool. Also, a little bit of a surprise announcement from the Bears, but Roberto Garza is taking over the center spot and getting more and more comfortable, taking some leadership on that offensive line, if not the team. Signs a contract for two more years. It looks like we got ourselves a center, big dog, uh, in the tradition of an Olin Kruitz. i, I got to tell you something. Roberto Garza has improved so much over his career as a Chicago Bear Yep. because there, there were times that I rightfully so ripped him years ago and every year he's gotten better and you know what he's hopefully he's the starter of the bears for uh five or six more years mm-hmm. not just the two more that they extended him for so he's he's having a phenomenal year yep. coach as replaced nolan Cruz. yep good dude injury report by the way good for the bears not so good for the lions devin hester's injury not serious in all likelihood he will play detroit lions they're already minus their second best running back mikhail lashore out of the university of illinois javid best their top runner, Big Dog, will not play this Sunday. A tough break for the uh, Detroit Lions. Yeah, the, the Lions signed Kevin Smith off the street, which, as we all know as Chicago Bear fans, that's really not much of a threat. So hopefully the guy survives the day without actually getting hurt. And final note is, uh, speaking of ex-Chicago Bears, Chris Harris. Let go from the Bears, a little bit of controversy. He and, no love, uh, he and Lovey, no love lost. Chris Harris will be suited up and uh, figures to get playing time against the Chicago Bears. An interesting little human sidelight. Can you imagine Chris Harris going in and being like, uh, hey, guys, do you, do you need any any help on the Bears schemes or systems? You know, I was there a couple weeks ago. <laughs> no, 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 we already figured that out. Don't worry. Go ahead, Chris. It's not that complicated. <laughs> that was the Bears offense in days gone by. Y- yes. Yeah. All right, dog. We started off with the disturbing story of uh, Pennsylvania State University and uh, Big Dog calling it the worst sports story you've possibly uh, ever heard outside of like plane crashes and tragedies. And we yeah. ended out with the dying words of Nostradamus. So that's not a bad show. We threw some sports in in between. What do you want your last words to be, Coach? Got to think about it, but go Cats. No, no, you, you, it's got to no? be something better than that, yes. All right. That's probably Pat Fitzgerald's final word. Let me let me think about that. Can I get back to you tomorrow? Yes, I Hope, will be, please, because we'll be here at 10 a.m. Right. doing the same It'll be a shame tomorrow. if I pass away between then and uh, tomorrow, because then I'll never get a chance to actually produce it. All right. We'll talk <laughs> dying words and more tomorrow's show. Big dog, be good. Great to, great to talk to you, my friend. Later. TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic signing off. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Have a great day, everybody.